0: Chapter 54 Attack Kaiaia The two of us ran towards the screaming. It should be around where the shoe rack was. Pushing through others, we arrived at the spot and saw a crowd gathering around the shoe rack with a window right above it. Pushing aside the uneasiness that was welling up, I looked outside the window, selfie. I wondered who muttered that The shattered glass pieces were scattered all over the ground under the window and a green-haired selfie, whose hair looked reddish, was laying there. Reddish hair. It was at about the same time I realized it was blood that I saw a shadow from the corner of my eyes. I'm borrowing this. Will. I ignored the surprised voice of Zen behind me, and before I knew it, I had jumped out of the window. From the air, what I caught sight of, was the shadow swinging a silver knife down towards Selfie. I won't be able to make it in time. Immediately once I landed, I swung the thing I borrowed, and shouted. Tien, that bastard! Clink, and the sound of metal clashing was heard. Just by a hair breath, my weapon was nearly knocked out of my hands by the shadow swing of his silver sword. I will be in the disadvantage if it comes down to weight. Using the point of where the opponent's sword and mine touched his balance, I slid down and struck, going with the flow. But it was avoided by just a margin, and I took the attack full frontal. From my weapon, the sound of tearing cloth was heard. The weapon I borrowed the cloth on the umbrella cleanly slid to the ground. You, what do you think you're doing? Clicking my tongue, I asked the shadowy man, who took the chance to put some distance between us. Of course, I had not expected him to answer. The sword he lowered was undoubtedly the real deal, and from his swordsmanship, he had the intent to kill. An enemy. In that case, no mercy was required. I glared at the man. He was dressed in a long black robe with his long black Hair dancing behind him. The long black hair, which he simply left it. Growing, got caught in the wind, which smoothly spread it out in the air. It could be said to be a beautiful sight, however, it just looked ominous right. Now, his exposed face, was seen donning a ninja-like mask. The only thing. That can be seen was his eyes. The red eyes narrowed in delight. You are pretty good, boy he said haltingly. Who are you? His relaxed posture revealed no openings. Do I go in with a knife? No, magic. There is magic in this world, isn't? It? As I tried to whip my chaos mind in order, I acted calmly. No, magic was. Out. Although there was a distance between us, there were too many people. Around. Most likely, a huge-scaled magic would be needed to defeat him. People will definitely be roped in. In that case, I directed my mana onto the umbrella, strengthening it. When I did that, the man purred from the bottom of his throat and said, asking my name. Interesting. Sorry, but I am not interesting at all. As I glared at him, I strengthened my mind and body. My name is Abhi. At the same timing as he spoke, the surroundings was overflowing with a chilly magic. People who were on the ground started dropping like flies. Those who managed to stand it was in a hazy state of mind. But it was ineffective to me. Once he finished introducing himself, he lunged at me. "Abby, I had heard of that name before. It should be the name of a legendary beast. And by looking at the way Abby in front of me attacked, it was clear. He was strong. I managed to parry his sword, which came in from the right, with my umbrella, and dodged it. There are rare magical beasts that had high intelligence as well as powerful magic, but to think one that could take on a form of a human. I could confirm that he was Abi, the legendary magical beast. The sword danced left and right, as I tried to dodge by using minimal movements, I waited for the right timing. The sword then swung downwards. From my upper right. Now. As I jumped up lightly, I chanted in my head. Tien, Kasoku, accelerate. Movement around me slowed down and Abi's sword came down upon me. Slowly. Doing a backflip, I landed on top of the sword and leaned my. Weight upon it, forcing it down. With the flow, I turned and swung my umbrella down upon Abby's head. The umbrella, which seemed to cut through Abby's head like a tofu, cleanly split his body into half. But, the red liquid that was supposed to be spurting out did not come. As I was wondering why there was no blood, my umbrella touched the ground and Abby's body, which was split in half, dissolved into black smog instead of blood and disappeared. Black smog. What's going on? I stopped, dumbfounded for a moment and unobvious to the commotion. Around me. Then sound entered my shutout state. And I remembered. Selfie. I rushed over to Selfie in a panic. As everyone nearby were passed out, there wouldn't be a problem. Tien, Chiu, heal. I chanted in my heart. Selfie's face was twisted in agony, but her breathing. Was stable relieved, all energy left my body. Thank God. I made it in time. Shall I carry her to the infirmary? I can't let down my guard. Selfie's left shoulder was slashed in blood. From the wound had stained her white uniform red. Even if I sealed the wound, I cannot replenish the lost blood. My face tightened and I looked at Selfie. When I reached the infirmary, for some reason the teacher was not there but the headmaster. Ah, erm, headmaster? Why are you here? I asked, puzzled. Having heard screams, the teacher, as well as students here, ran out. The gently smiling headmaster then pushed aside the curtain to an empty bed. Expressing my gratitude, I lowered selfie onto the bed. Headmaster, who saw Selfie's shoulder wound, questioned me in a rare moment of panic. I, too, ran towards the screams once I heard it and there, I saw Selfie being slashed by a man. So that scream was. I see. My next sentence made Headmaster's eyes grew wide. And when I thought he was a man, he turned out to be a magical beast. Wah, what? In human form? Yes. He introduced himself as Abby. Is that true? The usually calm headmaster leaned forward. Yes. I thought it was a joke too, but his magical power was huge. Everyone outside fainted when they came in contact. What? Headmaster turned pale when he heard my last sentence and stood up. As the head of the academy, it was naturally for him to have this reaction I guess. I then panicked for a bit as I held down Headmaster who looked like he was about to dash out. I, I lost my cool, snatched an umbrella from the third floor, jumped down. And defeated Obby, so it's all all right now. Headmaster froze. Haha, <laughs> I know right? Looking at the half-stunned Gramps, I absent-mindedly thought of something. Else like returning the umbrella. Come to think of it, Headmaster said that. The infirmary teacher ran out towards the screams, so I wondered if he passed out right now. The frozen headmaster came back to his senses, thanked me, before rushing out to deal with the aftermath. The infirmary teacher, doctor? His name is Verino, and he seemed to be the second strongest in this academy. Why? He's just a doctor. By the way, when I asked who the number one is, headmaster answered, it's obvious it's me, isn't it? Playfully. I smiled, looking at the peacefully sleeping selfie. Really. I was glad she's safe. It hadn't been two months since we met, but I came to know how much she had. Meant to me. Her eyelashes on her closed eyelids are light green in color. It sparkles in. The sun, like how her hair does too. I was happy that I had one more thing. That meant so much to me, but also fear. Once again, I was thankful for the power I possessed. As I stroked selfies. Hair, my heart tightened with feelings that might be for a sister or for a daughter. Abby was, defeated, you say. Without thinking, the man groaned and crushed onto the chair. The face that. Often held a sneer was now free of it and can be seen as panicking from new. Information. It can't be. There's no way. The man murmured and something worn along his wrist shattered with a glow, as if to prove to him wrong. That useless beast. The man looked at his wrist and yelled in frustration. Chapter 55 Aftermath Feeling a slight warmness on her right side, Selfie woke up. Half awake, her memories came rushing back and she quickly put herself on guard. Opening her eyes, instead of darkness, what she saw was something white. A ceiling. That I have no recollection of. Selfie murmured and got up, but at that moment, she realized what had. Woken her up. Will was here. She tried to think back. She was slashed by a black-clothed guy all of a sudden. Escape, she had to escape. Even if she was bleeding profusely. She was terrified to the point of not feeling anything. Then she tripped once she ran past the shoe racks, and thinking that it was all over, she closed her eyes. And when the pain she was expecting did not came after long time, she peeked timidly and saw Will's back. Then she lost consciousness. Sitting on the chair right next to her bed was Will, who fell asleep, still holding on to her hand. Seeing that, Selfie smiled. I'm saved by you again. NN. It's warm. Or rather, it's bright. Morning came. Rubbing my sleepy eyes, I propped myself up before remembering. This. Was the infirmary. Which means, Selfie. Ah, he's up. I sat up and saw Selfie looking at me, laughing. Thank God. How are you feeling? Perfect, thanks to you. Will, thank you. When I was feeling relieved that Selfie was all right, the curtain was pulled open. Is someone injured? Sorry, I heard screams, so I had rushed over too. I looked at the sensei, and our eyes met. Why did he seem so surprised? As I stared at the man who suddenly turned silent, he frowned. That disgusting hair color. That disgusting face. Can it be, your A barrel? All of a sudden, he started sprouting some brash words. Eh, ah, uh, yeah. The me who answered while being confused was such a gentleman. The man had his black hair all slipped back, and had eyes in a sort of grayish, amber like, beautiful color. He was wearing a black shirt with a white lab coat on top, the very standard attire for a school doctor. He exuded sexiness, and had an aura like he's Italian. And an Ike man, this. Bastard. Although he looked slightly high-strung, he did still have a sensei. Aura. In that case, why the sudden rudeness towards me? Ah, but I already had an inkling in mind. As I expected. You're Gion's kid? I am the one who wanted to say, as I expected. Father. What did you do to this guy? Eh? What? What is going on? Selfie asked, very confused by the conversation taking place. Thank you, Selfie. I had always been saved by you. Especially in this kind of situation. The man finally remembered his job and looked sheepish as he scratched. His head. Ah, sorry, I was a little distracted by something else. Really, I wondered what happened between him and father. There was a pressure around him as if telling me not to ask. Ranking second at the academy. Was not for show. In the end, I placed my question aside and chose to ask. Something else. You know father? (laughs) Haha. Tentatively we were in the same grade but instead of friends, enemies would be much more adept. Scary. Your smile was really scary. What the heck really happened? Ah, Sensei's name is. Leaving the trembling me aside, Selfie asked him, smiling. Brilliant, Selfie. You have my respect. As a former Japanese, I would choose to remain silent in this situation. I wouldn't even have thought of changing the topic like this. Ah, sorry about that. I'm Verino, the school doctor. You guys are. I am Selfie. I am also the reason for the disturbance just now. Wa, what? Are you okay? To the me who only felt dislike, or rather, my father, from Verino Sensei, he. Was now looking worriedly at Selfie. mm mm-hmm, it's, it's not like I felt hurt or anything. Let's stop, it was not cute, at all for me to be sprouting these words. TN, a period over? As I had removed all the blood stains from Selfie's hair and clothes using. Magic, she should look fine to others. Even so, for him to be so worried. Showed that he had a gentle personality. As expected of a doctor. And this kind of person hated my father. I was really curious now. I will definitely ask about it later. Yes, most probably. What happened? About this, the headmaster said he would explain so we can't. At that vague explanation, Farino-sensei looked like he had something to say. But ended up not saying anything. Apart from that person, he was quite meek. To everyone else. Or it might be because he had realized the seriousness. Is that so? Then will, you return to the dormitory, as it was announced for. Everyone to return. He then noticed the worried gaze from Selfie. Turning around to face her, he grinned. As I would need to do a checkup, you would have to remove your clothes. Do you need Will to attend to you? No need. There's is absolutely no need to, Selfie yelled, red in the face. Thanks to that, I was able to escape from the infirmary. I stood up. Yep. Do you know anything about it, father? Not much. My voice faltered off. It was unbelievable when it was said that Abby had appeared and now. But, well won't lie. Ah, my head was hurting. Abby. The legendary beast said to possess high intelligence as well as strength and magic, such as to be able to destroy a small country in a day. Such as, to be able to defeat a dragon single-handedly. Such as, to be able to cause an entire village to lose consciousness, by its magic. Elusive and not much about its way of living, was known, but it was said to be human-shaped and wrapped in black cloth. It was a beast that came with its own legend as well as preposterous rumors. No, all facts about Abi might just be rumors. As it was very rare, the information about it might just be wrong. This was one of the possibility, and also the most appropriate one. But Will had said that it was strong. Just that, and I was starting to doubt myself. A black smog. Most likely it's a summoned beast. Saying that, I took a seat. Summoned beasts, when defeated, will dissolve into black smog. It was not Widely known, but it was the truth. It was the truth, but... Hmm. I had let out a moan unintentionally. Are you okay, father? Ah, sorry. Will, was it true that Obby's magic caused people all around to... Faint? Yes, it was quite powerful. Something like coercion? Is that so? Which means... What about it? It's nothing is Selfie okay? Bring her over the next time. Bring her you say, I got it. By the way father, do you remember a man? Called Verino? A surprising question was thrown at me abruptly, I don't have to remember. I don't have the time to hesitate because of. That name. I too, don't have the intention to tell anything to Will. Ah, HM, haha, I'll tell you the next time. Saying that I hang up the communication tool. It was a tool Will invented. It. Was a norm to have it in homes, but the one Will was using was made by him, and was able to communicate to anyone he wanted. But the mana required to power it was enormous, so it was not practical. As. Will was the only one who could use it, it would most likely die along with. Him. But with a bit of modification, it might be usable. Mana. So it was confirmed that Abhi had the mana power to knock people out. And that it was a summoned beast. Summoning requires mana, which was why one can never summon a beast with a higher mana than them. And that you had to make a contract with the beast you summoned, and that contract was not without a price. It might be your real name or various things, but mostly it would be mana. Yes. It means that someone with a higher mana power than Abby was. Somewhere near the academy. This stinks. I had thought that once Will entered the academy, the shadows, or the mastermind behind them would start moving. The incident this time, although Will was not the target, but they might be aiming at his friends. It might also be a coincidence. But something stinks. This is too troublesome. First shadows who were controlled by the slave. caller, and now obby, if it was all done by the same person it will really turn into a troublesome case. Not to mention how strong they were. Well should be all right, but for the sake of my cute son. I would love to head over to investigate, but my gut was telling me about the danger there. If I were to fail, everything would be lost. H.M. What to do? I sank into my seat deeply as a sign escaped. Should I contact someone in the capital? Verino. I wonder where Will got that name from. Will's father? Yeah, just to update him. When I returned to the dorm, as Verino sensei had said, everyone was in their rooms. Trying not to get found, I hastily sneak into my room and contacted father at once. Might be thanks to my ninja training skills I cultivated when I was one, I was not found out by anyone. Hee hee he. As expected, I do have the talent to become a spy. But I did have another motive up my sleeve. I wanted to get information on what had happened between father and Verino sensei. War is controlled by information. Ah, though we were not at war. A sigh got out as I sat straight up on the chair and kept my communication. tool back into my pendant. Ah, no, it's not a locket pendant. I will tell you. About it later. Then, as usual, Zen approached me. Oh yes, Will. What? You were so cool. Will is really strong. You're amazing. His eyes were sparkling like someone who just met power rangers at an event. Eh, really? I know it was stupid of me, but I was feeling slightly hurt. I had put in great effort. From the day chiffon came, I had been training on how to hold my sword as well as daily sword practices, sword practices, got beaten up, got beaten up, over and over again. Black smog, father was really spartan. Think to that, I can immediately react to Abby's sword and saved Selfie. I would be lying if I said I was not happy about how far I had come. To know I was praised, because of my magic instead was. As I was controlling my face, to avoid it collapsing, Zen, who realized. Something, asked. But where had the umbrella went to? Ah. I had forgotten all about it. Chapter 56, Compensation The evening approached as the light waned, just before the need to turn on the light-producing magic tool. His son is the trap, the black-hooded guy said, kneeling. The fat man, seated in front of the black-hooded man, holding on to the report, glanced at him. I see. As I thought. The black-hooded man's owner then grinned fearlessly. You did well, Spinell. With that, the black-hooded man fell back and took his seat on a gorgeous chair, gripping his staff. In any case, what should we do? And that murmur, as seemingly as it got absorbed into the thick gaudy carpet, the fat man opened his mouth. Damn it! It was the black-hooded man, Spinell, who said that as he stood in the dim room, grinding his teeth. They had achieved their purpose. As his owner had commended, he had gotten information on William's barrel. But he had paid a huge price to get it. Abby. Spinell had lost one of his important chess piece. To him, Abby could even said to be his right arm. To Spinell, this incident was like losing an arm yet. Getting a sword in return. He can't afford to be careless. Or rather, as the investigation this time was, To determine if Williams was the one defeated the Shadows, he had lay down plenty of precaution. The plan was injuring his close friend, forcing him to fight against a much stronger opponent to see how he did fare. He had expected Abbey to win. Of course, he avoided injuring Williams in order to not place Guillaume's suspicions on them. To think a legendary beast was defeated by an eight years old. Spinel laughed, self-mockingly. Did his master knew about this already? That was uncommon, to say the least. If Spinel had not seen it with his own eyes, he wouldn't have believed it. It was a shock that only those who had seen it knew, or it was possible that Spinel's owner did not think much about Abby. Spinel too started doubting his owner who believed in the information he had brought in that easily. On the other hand, he was relieved about not having to explain the situation. With these complex feelings inside him, he instinctively grind his teeth again. The minute Spinell caught sight of Williams' barrel on the third floor, he had jumped. Spinell had doubted his eyes. Did blood rush to Williams' head, or did he had a strong sense of justice stemming from his admiration for his father? No matter the reason, he had never thought he would be thinking of a reason why an eight-year-old would jump out of a window on the third floor. But then Williams began splendidly overturning all of Spinell's expectations. He landed lightly on the ground and was even able to hold his own again. Abby's attack. Again, Spinell doubted his eyes. He clung to the idea that it was all an coincidence due to the chaos and imagined Will being beaten up the very. Next moment. Then, he wondered if his eyes had fallen out of their sockets. It felt like his. Heart was seized by someone. In front of him was a sight of will defending. And even attacking back at Abby without an ounce of fear or hesitation. There should be a limit to how unnormal this all was. Spinel then finally. Realized the trap Guillaume had set. He had really just noticed it. He forced himself too accepted that it was because Will was Guillaume's son and waited for Abby's next move. Most likely this will end soon, Spinel thought as he wiped the sweat on his forehead away. Not matter how good Will was at the sword, this was not something a human can match, but his expectations were betrayed. Again. The double combination of his betrayal and stock gave him such mental damage that he was able to fall over. This time, he really wondered if his heart had stopped or not as a dull Pain ran across his left chest. Abby released all of its mana, and as everyone started falling, a lone boy stood with a fearless smile on an innocent face. That overwhelming mana was enough to even make Spinell faint. Watching from a distance, Spinel felt terror. Him, who once suspected if he Lost all of his feelings, was shocked at how he felt terror so clearly. A chill. Ran down his back. He was confronting something he can't even imagined. What is that monster? Thinking back to event, Spinel mumbled, astonished. Why? That was because he had seen with his own eyes how Abby died. But. He could not stop it from happening. It was one of the pride Spinel had. About his job, to serve his owner with his life. Eh. You did it in your play, but I was thinking of teaching you guys about. Summoning beasts today. May festival ended, and it was the first magic lesson of June. To think they. Would jumped back into lessons, despite that incident. I came to. Understand how amazing headmaster was. After saying that, Zelda sensei wrapped himself in mana, raised his left. Hand out at his chest level, horizontal to the floor. As everyone else can't. Sense mana as finely as me, they had puzzled expressions on as they looked. On. Father had only taught me that the black smog was because Abby was a summoned beast, but muddled through the rest of the explanation. As I was, thinking of looking it up myself by using the library or something, this lesson. Came at just the right time. Zelda Sensei opened his mouth. Come forth, Wulia. HM? Wulia. It sounded just like gorilla. My excitement rose as I stared. At Zelda Sensei's outstretched left hand that was wrapped in mana. Tien, Shouken, summon. Zelda Sensei shouted as a light, gathered at the center of his outstretched. Palm and a magical circle spread out. As the circle disappeared, A, something was seen being formed by swirling fire. As my classmates' eyes grew smaller in amazement, my excitement just went through the roof at once. It's a gorilla. Afterwards, with a face of regrets, Zelda Sensei erased "voila," held a chalk in his hand and began explaining, drawing on the blackboard. As all this time, Zelda Sensei had not used chalk once, I thought chalk do not exist. It was a common thing, but from the chalk to the long tables, a sense of Nostalgia welled up inside of me. I wondered what were these coincidences. Not to mention compulsory education. Clack, 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 the sound of the chalk resounded around the classroom. On the blackboard, the magical circle seen just now was drawn on it, with the word. How straightforward. Ah, but if it's not this straightforward, I would be troubled. Summoned beasts, are as the words implied, summoned, magical creatures. Like how the young girl made a contract with Akion. Ah, yes, a beast. Called forward to make a contract with. Pon pon, Zelda sensei knocked on the blackboard. Which means, only. Beasts that could be summoned, are called summoned beasts. The magic circle used in summoning is this. The reading for this is. Show Kansas. Take great care of the intonation. You would usually summon a beast that matched your attribute, and usually you are not allowed to choose. Like your partner, Sensei said, exaggerating. Though has really matched him. And, the way to contract was like the play, either give it a name or something else. Ma, the norm was to give it mana. Which is why. Summoned beasts have a lower mana usage than you. Yash. There might be failures in your first summoning, but I would like you guys who still possess small mana power to try summoning. Zelda Sensei raised his voice as happy voices raises all over the classroom, and we have a problem. I had not had my mana measurement test yet. In Elsmu, beast man, elves, races living here apart from humans are small in numbers. In this class, we had one elf. Naturally, Selfie, and I looked at each. Other. What should we do? I looked to my left, which now had totally belonged to Selfie, who just tilted. Her head. I wonder. Then, Selfie's gaze was directed behind me. That thick chest, that was. Approaching was, Zelda Sensei. Yash. By the way, you two will be having your test today. Really? My doubt must have been read by Zelda Sensei who laughed and rubbed my head. Ouch. Don't go overwhelming with emotions. To be rubbed on the head like this, I would rather had father's beard. Don't worry about the class. They would be taught by him. Zelda Sensei then cocked his head towards the blackboard. Ah, I see. So it would be Verino Sensei. Wasn't that the number two man from the academy? Please stop with the death glare you were sending me, varina sensei. Verina sensei was my father's rival in love. It was that. Like the yakisoba. Bread he had been yearning for was brought and eaten by my father. Ah, food grudges are scary. Chapter 57 Oops, I summoned it. I left the classroom like I was avoiding Varina-sensei's gaze and walked. Down the corridor was Selfie trailing behind me. Come to think of it, Zelda-sensei, what is the difference between sacred beasts and magical beasts? I asked Zelda-sensei, who was walking in front of me. According to Zelda-sensei's script for the play, I faintly remembered that Akian was written as a sacred beast. And then, ah, uh, magical beasts attack humans, while scared beasts don't, that's about it. In general, They often have high intelligence and mana power, so you can think of them as beasts that even high-ranking magical beasts dare not attack. Sensei turned and faced us as he answered, all the while walking backwards. I see. Something like the difference between Inari-san and yokai. Eh? Wrong? Then, Zashikawashi, or ghosts then? Anyway, in short, we Need to run upon seeing one. While I was thinking about that, we reached the venue. Crap. My heart was beating way too fast. I had no mental preparation whatsoever. Since this came all of a sudden, I really wished they would think about us a little more. Sensei opened the door, which had a huge, special mana measurement test. Hall paper sticking onto it, and urged me inside th there was no choice i can only enter my heart rate rose as i felt a deep sinking feeling in my stomach as i entered the hall or rather the classroom ah my heart is racing was it broken i would not possibly break a tool that even the large-scaled guilt used right somehow i felt like i just raised a flag but i shook that feeling off as i went forward When I entered the hall, all eyes were on me as expected. It might be. Because Zelda Sensei was with me, but I could hear, ah, so that's the. Rumored will, in the chatter. I wondered if it was just me being self-conscious. Since there had only been elves here before, I was the only human around. Maybe that was why I was attracting so much attention. But even my name. Was known so the incident before must had traveled around. The special measurement test was for both the lower and middle academy. But somehow everyone knew, things like nicknames, or that so-called second. Name was being attached to me. Hey, I can hear you, you know. Yua, uh, I feel like puking. Please stop with the umbrella prince thing. Because it's embarrassing. Because it's embarrassing. Important things are meant to be said twice. Th that time was because someone who was holding an umbrella was just standing right by the window. I had no choice. Please stop with the sarcasm. Anyway, it seemed like we will be called up for the test one by one. Those who had the test left the hall and the number in the hall began decreasing. In that case I wished I could be the last. Since I raised the flag and all In the end, my wish was granted. Only Selfie, and I was left in the hall. Well, Selfie, come over here. Zelda-sensei beckoned towards her. Looking nervous, Selfie stepped. Forward. I understand. My heart was beating furiously too. If my heart stopped, I would definitely sue Zelda-sensei. The measurement tool looked to be the same as before, a crystal ball, but with a capacity of 1,000, as a normal human usually possess around one hundred one fifty 150 this was an amazing tool. Selfie touched the crystal ball. Zelda Sensei, who was looking at something like a panel that showed the power level, stood up in surprise. WH, wa, what happened? Selfie asked, anxious. The stunned Zelda Sensei looked at Selfie. Nothing. What amazing power! Four hundred and fifty. Eh? This time it was Selfie who screamed. Wow! Amazing. I had predicted that. It would be high, and I was right. Even if elves are a race that have higher mana power than humans, Selfie was only ten. At ten year old, the range was usually half of an adult human. Even adult elves have around three hundred five hundred. As an average so selfie's future, can be said to be unknown. As expected of selfie. I said, involuntarily and selfie, even Zelda sensei, turned and stared at me. W, why? The two of them stared at me, and tilted their heads. Then with a laugh that was. Mixed with a bit of a sigh, Zelda sensei said. "Yosh, Will, you're the last one. Nodding, I reached out towards the crystal ball the shorter the distance. Towards the ball was, the higher my heartbeat rose. My fingers touched the hanging crystal ball. Bang. A short sound. Ah, deja vu, deja vu. Zelda sensei stood up, stunned. Wait, wait for a bit, I feel like puking my organs out. That was a new joke. As my mind began thinking of ways to retort to that my body was more honest as it could not stop sweating. Yes, in front of my eyes was the shattered measurement tool, T. In this kind of situation, laughter was needed. The one who said I was disgusting, come out now. Was compensation needed? In the classroom now. Eh, why? The aftermath was left to the adults, Zelda Sensei, and being the children that we were, we went back to class. Adults have their adult things. To do. I am an adult too? What are you talking about? No matter how you see. It I am only eight years old, wasn't I? Which part of me do I look like an adult? To you? Everyone seemed to have succeeded in summoning and contracting, so the classroom was crawling with magical beasts. One by one, they were called Up to the blackboard and using the magical circle, they summoned beasts. As, it was going to troublesome if anyone fail, Verino sensei was there too. Ensure nothing happened. Under his watchful eye, one classmate finished his. Summoning. The summoned beast was none other than, slime. So squishy and cute. I am going to try asking if I can touch it the next. Time. Looking around at all the different beasts, the next one seemed to be Zen. Standing in front of the blackboard, with a tense face was Zen and a smiling. Verino Sensei. Use this to summon. Verino Sensei handed Zena a piece of paper with the summoning magical, circle drawn on it. Nodding, Zen took the paper, looked at it and began to enter mana into it. Tien, Shoukan, summon. At his chant, the paper on his hand resounded with a pawn, and its shape started changing. Wow, just like magic. Or rather, it was magic. Then, the shape that appeared was Arf! A dog. Tien, Kyakushimashu, let's make a contract. Arf! At Zen chant, the dog wagged its tail happily. Around them, something Glowed and the contract was formed without any accident. The dog had brown fur. Cute. I had doubted for a moment if it was really a magical beast, but it had one part that confirmed it. Its tail. It had two tails. Magical beast dog. I had heard that it was like a stray dog that lived in the mountains. When summoned, it would befriend its owner immediately, just like a dog. What a cute beast. That weird cuteness was somehow like Zen. Okay, next. Will. I was the next in line. But I just destroyed the measurement tool. Should I be summoning? Was what I thought, but I can't hide my excitement. Nervous, I walked towards the blackboard. Go ahead. Verino Sensei handed me a paper. Looking at it, I slightly entered mana into... As I murmured, Tien. The paper glowed, and with a pawn sound, a figure was seen on the paper. Did you call, my master? It was something big, something white. Ku, Tien, refer to Zen. The reason for stumbling here was, definitely, because of my past memories. Tien, too Chiyuni for him, the surrounding then got wrapped in light. wah-ha-ha-ha-ha, sorry about that, master. To think I destroyed the classroom, a man standing next to me was laughing heartily. Silky white hair, straight and beautiful nose. slight upturned eyes that will melt girls if they were being glanced at by them. Men's enemy, the so-called Ikemen. And he was also my summoned beast, a dragon. At the summoning and contracting, the classroom was destroyed. His real form was of a white dragon. And now, he turned into a human form. Yep. Just for today's compensation, I was going bankrupt. Chapter 57 Oops, I summoned it. I left the classroom like I was avoiding Verina Sensei's gaze, and walked. Down the corridor was Selfie, trailing behind me. Come to think of it, Zelda Sensei, what is the difference between sacred? Beasts and magical beasts? I asked Zelda Sensei, who was walking in front of me. According to Zelda-sensei's script for the play, I faintly remembered that Akian was written as a sacred beast, and then, ah, uh, magical beasts attack humans, while scared beasts don't, that's about it. In general, they often have high intelligence and mana power, so you can think of them as beasts, that even high-ranking magical beasts dare not attack. Sensei turned and faced us as he answered, all the while walking. Backwards. I see. Something like the difference between Inari-san and yokai. Eh? Wrong? Then, Zashikawashi, or ghosts then? Anyway, in short, we... Need to run upon seeing one. While I was thinking about that, we reached the venue. Crap. My heart was beating way too fast. I had no mental preparation whatsoever. Since this came all of a sudden, I really wished they would think about us a little more. Sensei opened the door, which had a huge, special mana measurement test. Hall paper sticking onto it, and urged me inside. Th, there was no choice, I can only enter. My heart rate rose as I felt a deep sinking feeling in my stomach as I entered the hall, or rather, the classroom. Ah, my heart is racing. Was it broken? I would not possibly break a tool. That even the large-scaled guilds used, right? Somehow, I felt like I just... raised a flag, but I shook that feeling off as I went forward. When I entered the hall, all eyes were on me as expected. It might be... because Zelda Sensei was with me, but I could hear, ah, so that's the... rumored will, in the chatter... I wondered if it was just me being self-conscious. Since there had only been elves here before, I was the only human around. Maybe that was why I was attracting so much attention. But even my name was known so the incident before must had traveled around. The special measurement test was for both the lower and middle academy. But somehow everyone knew, things like nicknames, or that so-called second name was being attached to me. Hey, I can hear you, you know. Yua, uh, I feel like puking. Please stop with the umbrella prince thing. Because it's embarrassing. Because it's embarrassing. Important things are meant to be said twice. TH that time was because someone who was holding an umbrella was just standing right by the window. I had no choice. Please stop with the sarcasm. Anyway, it seemed like we will be called up for the test one by one. Those who had the test left the hall and the number in the hall began decreasing. In that case I wished I could be the last. Since I raised the flag and all. In the end, my wish was granted. Only Selfie and I was left in the hall. Well, Selfie, come over here. Zelda Sensei beckoned towards her. Looking nervous, Selfie stepped forward. I understand. My heart was beating furiously too. If my heart stopped, I would definitely sue Zelda Sensei. The measurement tool looked to be the same as before, a crystal ball, but with a capacity of 1000, as a normal human usually possess around 101.50, this was an amazing tool. Selfie touched the crystal ball. Zelda Sensei, who was looking at something like a panel that showed the power level, stood up in surprise. Wh, Wa. what happened? Selfie asked, anxious. The stunned Zelda Sensei looked at Selfie. Nothing, what amazing power, 450. Eh. This time, it was Selfie who screamed. Wow, amazing. I had predicted that it would be high and I was right. Even if elves are a race that have higher mana power than humans, selfie was only 10. At 10-year-old, the range was usually half of an adult human. Even adult elves have around 300-500. As an average so selfie's future can be said to be unknown. As expected of selfie. I said, involuntarily and selfie, even Zelda sensei, turned and stared at me. W. Y. The two of them stared at me, and tilted their heads. Then with a laugh that was. Mixed with a bit of a sigh, Zelda Sensei said. "Yosh, Will, you're the last one. Nodding, I reached out towards the crystal ball. The shorter the distance. Towards the ball was. The higher my heartbeat rose. My fingers touched the. Hanging crystal ball. Bang! A short sound. Ah, deja vu, deja vu. Zelda Sensei stood up, stunned. Wait, wait for a bit, I feel like puking my organs out. That was a new joke. As my mind began thinking of ways to retort to that, my body was more honest as it could not stop sweating. Yes, in front of my eyes was the shattered measurement tool, T. In this kind of situation, laughter was needed. The one who said I was disgusting, come out now. Was compensation needed? In the classroom now. Eh, why? The aftermath was left to the adults, Zelda Sensei, and being the children that we were, we went back to class. Adults have their adult things to do. I am an adult too? What are you talking about? No matter how you see. It I am only eight years old, wasn't I? which part of me do I look like an adult? To you? Everyone seemed to have succeeded in summoning and contracting, so the classroom was crawling with magical beasts. One by one, they were called up to the blackboard and using the magical circle, they summoned beasts. As it was going to troublesome if anyone fail, Verino sensei was there too. Ensure nothing happened. Under his watchful eye, one classmate finished his Summoning The summoned beast was none other than slime. So squishy and cute. I am going to try asking if I can touch it the next. Time Looking around at all the different beasts, the next one seemed to be Zen. Standing in front of the blackboard with a tense face was Zen and a smiling Verino Sensei Use this to summon Verino Sensei handed Zena a piece of paper with the summoning magical circle drawn on it. Nodding, Zen took the paper, looked at it, and began to enter mana into it. Tien, Shoukan, summon. At his chant, the paper on his hand resounded with a pawn, and its shape started changing. Wow, just like magic. Or rather, it was magic. Then, the shape that appeared was Arf. A dog. Tien, Kyaku let's make a contract. Arf. At chant, the dog wagged its tail happily. Around them, something. Glowed and the contract was formed without any accident. The dog had brown fur. Cute. I had doubted for a moment if it was really a magical beast, but it had one part that confirmed it. Its tail. It had two tails. Magical beast dog. I had heard that it was like a stray dog that lived in the mountains. When summoned, it would befriend its owner immediately, just like a dog. What a cute beast. That weird cuteness was somehow like Zen. Okay, next. Will. I was the next in line. But I just destroyed the measurement tool. Should I be summoning? was what I thought, but I can't hide my excitement. Nervous, I walked, towards the blackboard. Go ahead. Verina sensei handed me a paper. Looking at it, I slightly entered mana into. It as I murmured. Tien. The paper glowed, and with a pawn sound, a figure was seen on the paper. Did you called, my master? It was something big, something white. Ku, Tien, refer to Zen. The reason for stumbling here was definitely because of my past memories. Tien, too Chiyuni for him, the surrounding then got wrapped in light, Wahahahaha, sorry about that, master. To think I destroyed the classroom, a man standing next to me was laughing heartily. Silky white hair, straight and beautiful nose. Slight-up turned eyes that will. Melt girls if they were being glanced at by them. Men's enemy, the so-called. ike And he was also my summoned beast, a dragon. At the summoning and contracting, the classroom was destroyed. His real. Form was of a white dragon. And now, he turned into a human form. Yep. Just for today's compensation, I was going bankrupt. Chapter 59, to the castle. You had came. The one who opened the door was not the headmaster. How should I explain? For a moment, I thought no one was there, but when I directed my gaze down, I saw it. It was definitely a magical beast. Why? That was because its height was only around 10 centimeters. And not to mention its head was an eyeball. I was surprised, it looked just like a certain father of a certain yokai kid. Tien, Jejij, yes, the one who Opened the door and walked out was an eyeball f-her, with an appearance. Of a butler. Tien, Metama oyaji. Ah, an eyeball butler. Tien, Metama shitsuji. Wah, awesome, it was only two words difference. Ah, no. Stay calm. The person right in front of me, although I was not sure if he was a person, or... Not, anyway, the eye person right in front of my eyes just said, you had. Came, which means he was most probably the one who called for me. And he must be an important guest to be waiting in headmaster's office. As. I had mostly calmed down, I pulled myself together and answered eyeball san. Yep, I will try not to be rude, as a student of Phyllis Academy, and as the. Next head of barrel, I will try to uphold the pride was what I said but really, I was just very relieved that I was not called out. Because I broke the crystal ball and destroyed the classroom. At Eyeball San urging, I entered the office at the same time as Headmaster. Came out with tea. Without thinking, I glanced at Eyeball San. Can Eyeball San even drink? I wondered if he had any mouth. As I was thinking about it, Eyeball San and the Headmaster had already Saturday, down on the sofa. Three eyes stared at me, as if telling me to sit down too. As I did a small bow and took a seat on the sofa, Headmaster and Eyeball San had began chatting like old friends. You could have leave the greeting to me. Surprisingly, Headmaster was using polite language. That's great, Eyeball San was as important as I thought. No, I am only a small summoned beast, there is no need to be polite. Eyeball San said, perhaps even smilingly. Ah, a summoned beast. But he would be a quite high-ranking one. As a summoned beast do not have social status, his owner must be a big wig. I looked at Eyeball San, who then jumped off the sofa in a comical way, and started walking towards me. And I was, and I was the big, round, and shiny I was walking. Or rather, Eyeball the walking I stopped in front of me and did a graceful bow before speaking. My name is alchemides a summoned beast of his majesty, the king. By the king's orders, I was sent to ask William Sama over for a trip to the royal castle. Would it be possible for William Sama to go this very moment? Ah, the king. Definitely a big wig. The biggest one. But somehow I was not. All that surprised. Yes, I was sure everyone knew it by now. Alkymedes, a walking eyeball. Tn erikumidesu, the name in Japanese. Arukumetama, walking eyeball. In Japanese. It's like naming a dog, dog. I was slightly worried about the king's naming sense. But I seen this kind of. Pattern before. Miso soup no fu, alkymedes. I wondered if we could. Became, puny, friends. Trying my best to hide my feelings, I acted calm as I gave my reply. I understand. But is it okay for me to be in my uniform? Most likely I was being called because of the incident with Abi, and because. Of that, I was able to acted calm. Satisfied with my answer, alkymedes. Nodded, jumped onto the table, and drank the tea. Well then, let us get going. Eh? Where did he drink from? I was too surprised, and sat there, stunned. And when I finally noticed, Alchimedes was already standing by the door. Panicked, I stood up. Headmaster casually gave his orders, and a huge carriage was parked. Outside the door. By the waiting coachman, Alchimedes jumped onto the carriage and with his small body he opened the door of the carriage gracefully how my eyes were wide open but the people around me was treating it as though it was nothing ah i got it i lose if i mind it too much i won't be surprised anymore if my eyeball started walking out from my wide open eyes i would be really troubled with that new determination, I board the carriage. It was a comfortable ride inside the spacious and refined carriage as long as. You don't mind the rocking. Yes, the rocking. The inside of the carriage was, painted in a chocolate-brown color with black leather-bound seats. It looked classy, as expected of royalty. And, on the seat facing me, seated Alkymedes. On the three-person-wide seat, he looked really tiny. Plus Alchymedes was wearing a black butler uniform. He just melted into the background, and it looked like an eyeball floating. About, moving, and when I was thinking about that as I looked at. alchymedes, he tilted his head. Well then, William Sama. I wonder where his mouth was. I was really curious, but it would be rude to. Ask. Yes, what is it? If one was being talked to, one would have to answer with a smile. This is the iron rule of a gentleman. The me right now was not a student, I had entered into noble mode, completely. Ah, uh, it might be rude of me to bring this up all of a sudden, but I get a nostalgic smell from you. alchemides laughed, sounding like he was embarrassed. If he had eyelid, most likely it would narrowed into a crescent, as he smiled. That might be from my summoned beast. Alchemides, who was laughing embarrassingly, mumbled a, oh well well. Well, under his breath, could it be? Your summoned beast is the white dragon? Alchimedes moved his line of sight to my left wrist. There was a nostalgic. Tingle. Yes, we had a summoning lesson yesterday but. I ended up destroying. The classroom. I see, it sounded like something he would do. To the me who was laughing bitterly, Alcimedes grinned. Scary. As I cannot see any mouth, I can only read his expression from. His eyeball and voice. Ah, could it be you know each other? Yes, something like that. We had an undesirable relationship, but we haven't met for some time now. As expected, they knew each other. Shall I summon him? Ha ha ha, please do not destroy the carriage. To my words, Alcimedes gave his affirmation with a joke. But smell. It. Just sounded like I stink or something. Thinking back, I felt slightly depressed, but managed to give a ha-ha, I won't, while laughing dryly. I will lose if I mind it. This person, was. Only a summoned beast, plus I had not been told I stink before. Yep. Nodding, I focused mana onto my left wrist. Appear in human form, Shiro. Tien, summon. But will, your. Naming sense isn't all that great too. Pawn sounded, and something white appeared beside me. Oh, you finally called me, Mast, eh, eh. L. At the same time as the grinning face turned towards the facing seat, I jumped in surprise. Long time no see, Fumu, Shiro, is that it? As compared, Alchimedes, who was being called Al, had a calm attitude. It felt like he was gracefully drinking tea instead. When I first summoned Shiro, he wanted me to name him, And when I asked if he would prefer Mana instead, he said that he had more than enough. So it was okay. Thus, I gave him a name. I kind of felt like I did quite a bit of naming already. Although it was not a splendid name, like Alchimedes. I do think Shiro fitted him. Yep. Like a dog. It was disappointing that Shiro was an Ike man with long white hair and a flirtatious glance. He would definitely happily retrieve a frisbee. If I throw it at him. Let's try it the next time. And that disappointing Ike man Shiro was the so-called Asian dragon. According to he himself, he seemed to be a holy beast. And when his huge form with its transparent white scales destroyed the classroom i can't helped but think that he looked cool how very fantasy after destroying the classroom and taking on a human form he apologized and we contracted by me naming him am i troubled over naming him none at all the only name to give a disappointing ike man was shiro but when i named him he had a delighted face on As I thought, you had the same smell. He said as he embraced me. Before our contract, for some reason he kept on hugging me as well. The faces from everyone else who were taken aback was hilarious. But if I was hugged, I would really prefer a female. Sorry. My secret savings were all gone thanks to the compensation, so give me a break. But how did the both of you came to know each other? Is there a connection to the smell, the both of you were saying? Sorry for butting into long-awaited meeting for the two of them, but I was curious. Even me, when being said to have a smell, would be interested. It was just an innocent question, but to think Alchemides would throw a bomb. No one would think there would be such a destructive bomb. No one. This need repeating. Yes. The smell of the first king alchimedes gentle smiling face broke into a wide smile as he said that i tried imagining a little as Alchymedes was the king summoned beast i who had the same smell must had something in common with the first king not just now i was wondering about it earlier elsmu was founded about two hundred years ago yet had compulsory education and blackboard and the huge Blackboard eraser was called Jayako. Which means, it was not a coincident. About the first king having such a puny naming sense like me. Doubtingly, I opened my mouth. Can it be the one who named Alchemides was? Yes, the first king Els Musama. I work for the royal family rather that the... nation. As I thought. At the Alchemides who looked proud, my excitement that was bubbling underneath, was about to overflow. It came. The first king was a Japanese? What a standard story of a trip to another world. Inside the carriage running along the stone pavement. On the way to a meeting with the king, instead of feeling nervous, sat an eight years-old kid with sparkling eyes. Or rather, me. I had been waiting, Yamamoto's face. Or Sato's face? Tanaka? Anyway, I might be able to see a face from Japan after so long. Or at least some traces. Of it. Yes, I was only thinking of the king's face as I sat in the carriage. Towards the castle. Chapter 60, The King and the Emperor. The history of how Elsmu was founded was quite abrupt in the first place. It was founded in an instant by the first king after he suddenly appeared. Elsmu's origin was unknown, even the Elsmu name itself was unclear if it was the first king's name or the name of the land. Anyway, the first king called himself Elsmu. The hero really came out of nowhere. With his strong magic and perfect swordsmanship, he had the ability to pull people in as well as possessed unbelievable knowledge the strength of the king was legendary, and he was a hero, to everyone. The founding of Elsmu two hundred years ago was by Beryl and Elsmu, and from then on, the Beryl family, together with Elsmu royal family, supported the country together. That was the truth, and now, I was going to meet with the head of the royal family, the top of the country, the current king, as I headed towards the audience room. The corridor gave off an air of intimidation, and you could just feel history. Oozing off it. I am sorry for saying you have a Yamamoto's face. Once again, I was reminded that I was about to meet with the man ruling this. Country. But the castle's interior was out of my expectations. The floor was. Not laid with gorgeous carpets, but was instead bare, showing the stone. Paving. Alchimedes walked in front of me gracefully, the castle had a simple internal structure as the way towards the audience room from the entrance was almost a straight line. In front of the door to the audience room stood two guards in black metal armor. Spotting me, they went on alert and doubtfully stared at me. Then they realized that Alchimedes San was together with me and hastily Corrected their posture, but I would still feel their doubtful gaze through their helmet. Stopping right in front of the door, Alkymede San turned and faced me. Before executing a perfect bow. We have reached the audience room, Williams Barrel Sama. At Alkymede San's words, the two guards corrected their posture once again. With great force. H.M. What happened? Was the barrel's name all that great? I wondered as I gave a sidelong glance at the knights, soldiers, as the 10M tall door that reached all the way to the ceiling slowly opened. Made you feel like making sound effects like creak and groan for it. The room inside was bright and dazzling. The ceiling was high and adorned with a gorgeous chandelier. Red carpets full of detailed patterns were laid. Out on the floor, as well as a plain red carpet that extended all the way to the throne from the entrance. Instead of stone, the walls here were made with white mineral and decorated with beautiful furnishings and paintings. On the left was a huge glass window. You can see the entire capital from here. It was a magnificent view. Aosum. To tell the truth, I had made light of it when I first entered. Awesome. This place was awesome. It was so elegant that it was hard to breath. Ah yes, I am a real noble. The heir to the best Duke family, but the inner me was a peasant, you idiot. Which was why, instead of blinding myself with all the elegance, I kept my eyes down as I walked slowly towards the throne and knelt. Yep, I was sure. This was the correct etiquette, according to John Sensei's teaching. Raise your head. A dignified voice resounded throughout the audience room. I was envious of. That cool baritone he had. Yes. In contrast, mine was an alto. How embarrassing. Pushing that feeling deep. Down within, I raised my head, keeping a serious face. Yo, so your will. Yes, I am William's barrel, your majesty. With that sentence, my eyes met with the king's. Country to his strict voice, the king's eyes had a twinkle in them. Alchimedes. As you wish. No one is near us at the moment. Before I knew it, the king seemed to be confirming something with. Alchemides San, who was standing next to him. The minute he heard. Alchemede Sand's response, he looked at me and grinned. I was really surprised, that grin was an exact carbon copy to father's. As my heart races, the king stood up and laughed happily, as expected of Guillaume's son. There is no need to be this nervous, Will. Eh. Can it be that father and the king were good friends? But being a duke as well as the leader of the knights, I was pretty sure they were familiar with each other. As these thoughts ran through my mind, I was called by the king. Yes. I answered calmly, despite the chaos state my mind was in. The king looked surprised before reveling a wide grin and started laughing again. I will bring you to my private chambers. H.M.? Okay, I confirmed it. Or rather, the moment he called me, well I was pretty sure he was father's close friend. Which was why, in the king's private room now. Yay! I just can't get excited. By the king's beckoning, I approached the throne. I was puzzled as to why. But by then, I had reached the king. The king, who was happily smiling, reached inside, and a door appeared. Here it came, the hidden door. It would be our secret that I was excited by. That. Compared to the audience room, the corridor was dark and stone-paved. Following the silent king walking in front of me, he came to a stop. The room was locked by a mana-recognition lock, and when the king poured his mana into it, it opened up, just like an automated door. Following blindly by the king's beckoning, I was seated on the sofa, before I realized it. And now the king was in front of me, making tea. At the very least I could make my own tea. I do have the skill for it. But my suggestion was rejected, so I would only sit on the sofa, waiting. There you go. Ah, thank you. He held out the tea and unable to react right away, I accepted the tea. But the tea stock was standing in the tea. It looked like good things will happen. If possible, I would like it to happen right now. I would really want to escape from this situation if I can, tea stock san. But to think the tea was green tea. Yash, I've confirmed that the first king was a buddy of mine. As I stared at the tea I was given, the king spoke. Drink. Ah, yes. There was no helping it since I was told to. Supporting the bottom of the cup. With my left hand as my right hold on to it, I drank it. Do I need to praise his tea-making skills? No no no. I had no experience in any tea ceremony, plus this was green tea, and not matcha, so it should be. Okay. Or rather, this was a different world. Yep. Even though the teapot felt really out of place. The king drank his tea, and let out a breath. It really do make people relax. I will admit that I can't stand this silence. Your Majesty, please say. Something. In the end, I kept stealing glances at the king, and as if my thoughts got through, the king opened his mouth. Relax, Will, your father and I go way back. As I thought. I wondered who father really was. Most likely, nine out of ten. Would reply, he is Gion-sama but the king started talking so I was relieved. Placing the cup onto the table, I looked at him as he opened his mouth again. You should know why I summoned you over. Yes. Is it about the incident where Abi infiltrated the academy? At my answer, the king narrowed his eyes happily. That guy is Justin. Idiot, he murmured. That guy? As I was looking at him weirdly, he tried to. Brush it away by laughing, and the atmosphere got lighter in an instant. The mana that had been floating about was withdrawn as well. Ah, sorry for testing you. I let out a bit of mana. Although most guys would have faint by now. So that magic was let out on purpose as I thought. Which means he was gauging my mana power as well as studying my reaction. Thanks to father, I am used to it. Hmm. Let's pretend it is, and leave it at that. And so, I would like you to explain Abby's incident in detail. I tried to be humble, but it was blown away by the king. Nodding, I readied myself. Okay. It might be long, would that okay? Please. May 31st was the May festival, but my friend Selfie and I The nervous explanation meeting started. Today too, the fat and ugly stomach that was sitting on top of his ass, which was sitting on a luxurious and gorgeous chair, was a man with a displeased expression as he frowned, Your Majesty, the balding from the top guy said. As evening approached, in the room that was purposely darkly lit, his head stood out more than usual. Placed in the middle of the room was a large flat table and surrounding it were a few Guys. The one being called your majesty was the frowning fat man. What? Without hiding his bad mood, the man answered. The man called Azure Majesty was Guta Hatuo, the emperor of Hatuo. He glared at. The balding man, W, we have gathered the army of Hatuo. The man who was glared at, said, his voice trembling. To him, Guta snorted. And? Are you saying we are to attack now? N, no. But. No but. Having such person like you standing at the top of my army just means that we are dead. By good words, the man jumped. He understood the meaning of his words. As do the rest. However, they did not say anything in order to not get themselves involved. I will have you retire as the general. He said the words that were on everyone's mind. But, the man, the general, tried to struggle in his last moments. Your Majesty, did your Majesty forgot what you promised? After all that I had done to expand this country. Silence. Enough, get out. The man's words were cut off and his face paled. Facing southeast is the far east demon forest. Facing southwest is... Central Demon Forest and the area around the Iza River is currently being guarded by the Sociana family to fight against the black and white knights is to use the mana stones and throw it at the magical beasts. That is, that what you are saying, General? Gooda condemned with an expressionless face, the man who was once General seemed to have given up. Really, very very sorry. I was foolish. Giving up this easily was the man way of protecting himself. If he was to cling on to it, it wouldn't be simply retiring from the general position. Which was why the man choose to gave up. Get out. Gooda said in a low voice and the man walked out while hanging his head. Listen. Right now we are going to focus on raising our strength. The Development of magic fields, and the expansion of the market. Territory. Expansion would happen after, Guda said, slowly to the remaining people. Seeing everyone nodded, Guta. Smiled. But, unknown to others, Guda was grinding his teeth. His aim was. The development of Hatuo. To achieve that he would use any means. 4. Better or worst, he value efficiency more. Good to grind his teeth, without anyone noticing. He had a strategy aim at. Destroying Elsmo. If there was no way in from the outside, then he will aim. From the inside. However, his plan failed. Just to get a kid he even used the. Anti-kingdom rebels and slavery callers, but they did not do much. His last. Ray of Hope even lost his summoned beast. Even if they were just disposable. Pieces to had failed this spectacularly left a bitter aftertaste. But for better or worst, good of value efficiency. He would not let his plan stall just because of his feelings. He had not given up. The fat fist above his knee tightened.